What's going on, family? Andre Vallot here, host of the Freedom Seeker Podcast. Bless up and good morning. Uh, today we've got a special guest coming on. Um, we wanted to go live on StreamYard here, so we're just actually awaiting. But um, today we're going to be talking to Chris Ward, um, who is the author of Win the Hour, Win the Day. Um, it's going to be amazing, guys. Um, you know, basically, you know, you know how I'm into mindset and mind hacks and as we got to talking about what she was doing you know she's a fellow podcaster too and i said um you know we've, we've got to do something from the time that i was five i knew i had to build something epic gain power and provide power to the powerless but things don't always go as planned see we are no different we've all been trained for 18 years of our lives to be a slave to someone else's dream and then when we go and try to provide our own dream we wonder why it doesn't work out well, when it comes to success, there are only three things that are relevant. Skill set, mindset, and opportunity. And when that opportunity comes, you better be ready. I built this podcast to provide you with oxygen when you feel like you cannot breathe, to help you to bring your dreams to reality. Welcome to the mass movement of Freedom Seekers Worldwide. This is the Freedom Seekers Podcast. Uh, you know, guys, we've we've got a special guest here by the name of Chris Ward. Uh, you know, she is the author of the Win the Hour, Win the Day. Um, she's got an amazing story. We we have uh, you know shared a little bit back and forth. And once we got to talking, I said, "Listen, we we've got to get you on the show. We've got to get you know your your story, your message, and you know your mission out there to all of the listeners." So, without further ado, I want to introduce you guys to Mrs. Chris Ward. How are you doing today, Chris? Well, I'm doing fine as I fumbled in the beginning and forgot we were live right away, but here I am. <laughs> no worries, no worries. So, um, you know, like like I was saying, you know, in the, in the intro, like, I mean, I was reading through just, you know, even just a little PDF that you had sent me at first and I'm going, wow, okay, you know. Um, this, these are the type of stories that, you know, we want to share with the listeners. You know, my, my whole thing is definitely, you know, we fall. We get hurt, yeah, but we rise, we heal, and we take off, you know? So please share share a little bit of your story with the listeners. Okay, so I'm a marketing strategist, and uh, I was pulled away from my business, very short version of this, I was pulled away from my business uh, when my husband was diagnosed with colon cancer. And when I returned after, I would say, almost two years after his passing, uh, my existing clients had no idea of my absence. They didn't know anything that was going on in my personal life at all. I did not feel it was good for business, nor was it helpful for our positive attitude. I didn't need people sort of pet me and being sympathetic and all that kind of stuff. So, um, so when I returned, they started to ask me under the capacity of productivity and team building, like, how did I manage that? Like, how did they not know that I was away? And so, of course, I had a new respect for the fragility of life and that your business should support your life and not consume it. And, uh, you know, so I started working with them with team building and they started taking real vacations for the first time and really getting back to the stuff they love instead of all of a sudden as so many entrepreneurs, you build this job for yourself where you're trapped in the admin aspect of it. And uh, you, you no longer are in that creative lane that was so inspiring, such an attraction to you in the beginning. So I started working with them and, and still as a marketing strategist, started eating up more and more time. And I thought, well, how can I help more people? Because I wanted to create a movement because I think business should be fun. And uh, so then I wrote my book, In the Hour, In the Day. 
And uh, now we also have in a couple weeks our outsourcing playbook for busy entrepreneurs, the info product, very affordable. As people keep telling me, too affordable, I should be upping the price. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just trying to help people because I do not believe that you should be grinding it out. I did that in the first couple of years. I was exhausted. I was sick. I, you know, wore myself into the ground. I was less productive. And um, all eight reports indicate I wasn't as charming as I thought I was because I was so tired all the time. <laughs> so that's the, uh, that's the, that's the story in a nutshell. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I hope you don't mind if I touch on a few parts of the story for the listeners. That I'm here. Um, you know, I know that I've gone through similar struggles and, you know, I, I believe that you're actually a little further along than me from everything that I've seen and heard, you know. Um, but I know when we go through these trials and tribulations, you know, it's, it's tough and the things that you're saying resonate with me for sure. So I know that I personally lost my mother to cancer. And when I heard that part, it touched me, brought me back. You you probably understand what I'm saying there. Um, I'm just curious because when I lost my mom, you know, it was a tough time, not because I had business. I was very unbusy, unfortunately. That was a problem in my life at the moment, right? Um, but I was actually, my, my child was born the same day my mother died. Right. So, you know, my my head spun out of control. I went into such a deep depression. And, and I'm just curious, like, I could not imagine me being in that situation right now doing all the things that I'm doing and not just surviving but actually thriving and and finding you know new things right how how in the world were you able to you know kind of just keep your head up like you know what 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 did you do to make that a functional time for loss of better words well, you know, here's the thing. I try to be positive no matter what we did. And when John was diagnosed, there's multiple stories in here. When he was diagnosed, we made an agreement that if the, it was a grim diagnosis. And we said, you know what? If the doctors are wrong, we sat around holding hands, crying and wasting time for a couple of years. And if the doctors are right, we wasted the last two years sitting around crying, holding hands. So on top of the business and him and how, you know, when somebody's diagnosed like that, it's a very full-time thing, surgeries, cancer, I'm sorry, surgeries, chemo, all that other stuff. Um, we, you know, I, I planned a surprise trip for him to go back to England, see his family. And we did all kinds of things because I was trying to make these moments special and, and just live in the moment, have some fun instead of wasting those moments. But also I was, you know, I had this heavy responsibility. I felt that, he was my biggest fan by far. He thought I could do anything to a point that sometimes I thought, my God, I have to figure this out because he thinks I can do anything, right? So to honor him, I had to, you know, do things to the best of my ability. And also during that time, he would say to me like, oh, babe, is the business all right? Because he saw how hard I worked to build it. And if he thought for a second that he was bringing that down as a distraction, it would have been devastating to him. Now, I will say at the time, I wasn't 100% sure, but I had strategies and things in place that just thrived as I got pulled more and more away. So I was just lucky that the prep work was there and the setup was done, right? Mm -hmm. And when I returned, you know, it really is just about trying to honor that person and do the best that you can. And I do things now, like when I wrote the book, I thought, oh my gosh, he'd be like, thank heavens he's not here because if anyone came in contact with him, they would have, he would have been carrying that book around like he was that annoying, right? So I thought they would have got tired about hearing about me. So you just do your best with honoring people to the best that you possibly can. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And you know what, what I hear from that and I'm sure, you know, I don't think I'm alone on that note. Um, the glass was half full for you not to be, you know, Mr. Cliche. Right. But you know, you didn't look at all the negatives as negatives. You looked like you just didn't, you sound like you didn't see them. Right. Like obviously you did, but you know, Nope. He, he was my biggest fan. Yes. I have to honor it. Right. Your why was strong. And, you know, now you're still honoring him to this day. And I think that's amazing. I know I, I personally go outside at night for whatever reason to me, my mother's the moon. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's my connection still. Right. And I will go and talk and, you know, have, have my conversations and I do these things for her, even though she's not here. So that just, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked, amazed, and wow, right? That's beautiful. And here's the thing, you bring up a good point. Life has interruptions, right? And things happen. And that's why you want to have what I call create your win team, a what is next team. So you can get to what is next and what is next, what is next. Because the reality is when I returned, I was not in a position where I should be trying to craft a resume, you know, be charming an interview and go try to learn a new job. That was not where, that would not have been helpful to me. So life does have interruptions and that's why you want to have a business and a team that can carry you through this stuff instead of you always feeding the beast. And, and you know, we are, so many people started this journey because they thought, oh, they get this freedom lifestyle. And then all of a sudden, very quickly, anything that isn't work becomes an interruption from work, right? Yep. And I was just blessed again listening to Life Lessons years earlier when I started seeing how much he was supporting me more and more. Like he said, I turned him into a 1950s housewife in two years because he pulled his weight and then some. But all of a sudden, he was doing everything because he thought I worked too hard. So if he didn't do it, I would do it at the end of the day. So I did nothing. Like he did the laundry, the cooking, the groceries, the everything, anything he could do to take off my plate because I was working too hard. So I suddenly woke up one day and said, this has to change because like I have to honor all that he's doing for me. So luckily I had put that team in place years before because I wanted to see a lifestyle change. Mm -hmm. So that's what it's all about is you can't have a business that is solely dependent on you pumping oxygen into it 24 seven. That's not what you're here for. You know, as, as anyone will tell you that phrase and I'm here to tell you it's true when somebody's on their deathbed, they're not talking about work. Absolutely. Yeah. Being a slave to the business rather than actually being the CEO. Right. Yeah. For sure. So let me ask you this. I mean, I'm, I have mixed listeners. Um, you know, I have people who are basically like be brand new beginning or kind of started maybe in that little stumble phase. Definitely probably slaves to the business. And this is why I thought you would be amazing for the listeners. Right. Um any bullet points, anything you would share with them as far as, uh, you know, the book and, and the strategies that you implement in the book? Yeah. So too often people, there's a bunch of myths about creating one team, right? So what happens is you're thinking from the mindset of an employee from when you were an employee. So you're thinking about how much that costs, but the world is a very different place now. It's just a magical place to be an entrepreneur. So, you know, the ability to hire someone that 80% cheaper than you realize is astounding and you don't have to provide office space and a desk and all that stuff. And that has become exceptionally clear when the world is changing right now, which to the horror of people, when this first started happening, I said, this will be very interesting to see because I felt it was like World War II when the women went into the workplace place, it shifted the economy moving there forward. And that's what I said. I said, you know what? 
it, people, all of a sudden I had friends who were in businesses and offices that were like, oh, you know, they wanted to work home from home a couple of days a week for whatever reason, it was convenient, childcare, whatever. And they were told, no, the infrastructure, it's too big, it's too much. It's too all of a sudden in a week, 400 employees are working from home when it's convenient, right? Exactly. So, so what I would tell you is, you know, we have resources that you have no idea. And so let me back up for a second. I know for the first couple of years I was in business, I thought, are you kidding me? I can't afford to hire someone. You've got to be crazy. This is nuts. So what was happening is a marketing strategist, I was going out and I, and this was like 12 years ago. So I was still physically meeting with people because I actually switched over to like virtual meetings long before anybody else. Cause it was just time efficient instead of travel, even if it's the 10 minutes away and stuff. So what was happening is back then I was still going out and I was sitting down and I would, you know, as a marketing strategist, I was taking notes, blah, blah, blah. And I would promise when I got back to the office, hand to God, that I would put it right into the computer. And what was happening was often if I was lucky, I would end up all Friday afternoon putting the notes into the computer and worst case scenario, the next Friday, right? So when they called to ask questions, I got the chance to be one of two people. The first person is the one that sounds like they're scrambling and like, hold on, these notes were meant for 20 minutes and now you're calling me a week later, ask me a few questions and like you can sense the anxiety in my voice. Like, you know, they can say mm -hmm. sense your fear. Or the second person was that I made a mistake on the pricing because again, these notes were meant for 20 minutes. And, you know, then you look like you're trying to swindle them versus just being ill-prepared. So I thought this is nuts. So I found an outsourcer and what was happening was I'd leave the meeting, sit in the car and I would talk on my phone and just go over my short notes and spell it all out. It would take me like 30 seconds. Now this seemed foreign to most of my peers. It seemed like I hired somebody halfway around the world that drove a chicken to work, you know? And so what she was doing would then take all the information, put it right in the computer. Now some weeks I needed her for like three, four hours of meetings, which by the way, adds up to me talking for three, four minutes. Other weeks I needed her for none. But the weeks that I needed her a lot, it cost me like $12. And because she only did this, I don't understand it, but she found this interesting and she had like 10 clients like me. So she was really fast, really efficient, had all the tools. That's all she did. So for 12 bucks, I got all of Friday afternoon back. So when you say to me, well, you know what, it's too much work or how to delegate or I don't have time to manage a team and I'm too busy or I can't afford it. I'm telling you, imagine if Steve Jobs was still tinkering in that garage trying to do it himself. Yeah. It's just, you're self-employed and it's a very expensive sport unless you do it otherwise. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. And where where can people find the book and, and find you? They can check out the book on Amazon or anything like that. Um, get on the coming soon, www.comingsoonfromchris.com uh, to get on our outsourcing playbook for busy entrepreneurs. It shows you over the shoulder stuff of me showing you how to hire people, how to get them on board, do all these things. Um, because I'll tell you really quickly, if you're not doing this, you're dealing with damaging overhead, diminished income and delayed opportunity. And those are very costly. So www.comingfromchris dot com coming from Chris do whatever write it in the show notes I we'll, we'll definitely get you covered on the show notes Chris. I'll have to practice my name coming oh, right. Chris dot com there you go I got too excited by Andre's enthusiasm <laughs> all right all right well guys um I don't I don't know I, I always like to point out my takeaways she said delayed income I don't like that yeah <laughs> so definitely if if you need help 
uh, you know, getting your team together, it, it sounds like Chris is your superwoman here and she's going to put the S on your chest, not hers. So um, definitely. I, I, I love it. I love it, Chris. Thank you so much for coming out. And to all the Freedom Seekers listeners, once again, you already know what I'm going to say right now. If you woke up this morning, you're blessed. So you better go out there and take action. Thank you for coming out. Bless up. We love you. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Freedom Seekers Podcast. Subscribe to the show now so you're first to hear new episodes packed with stories from entrepreneurs who have taken this journey before you. For more inside information, content, private coaching sessions, follow on social media at facebook.com forward slash Andre Vallot. Do not forget, new episodes drop every Monday, 9 a.m. So stay tuned. Once again, thank you for coming out. This has been the Freedom Seekers Podcast.